Hello, everyone. It is 10 a.m. in Melbourne, 8 o'clock on the East Coast of the United States. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and this is the June 2nd live episode of A Yank on the Footy. I'm glad that you are here. I'm glad that you're listening, and thanks for tuning in, everybody. So glad that you could tune in for today's live episode, whether you're listening to it live or you're listening to it after I've released it later on this evening here in the States anyway. Got a few big issues to dig into this evening. And uh, well, we're going to talk about round 12. We've got our first uh, round of buys. And I have one heck of a proposition for the AFL. I don't know if they'll want to take me up on it, but I'm going to make the offer here. And uh, prison bars are welcome. Let's just put it that way. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and toss that out there. Prison bars are welcome when I make this offer here. So remember, if you want to help out the podcast, be sure to check out the uh, Buy Me a Coffee page along with the storefront on Redbubble. You can find both of those uh, links on my website, ayankonthefooty.com. Remember, you can also get on the mailing list there as well. You can leave me messages, voicemails. I've got a couple of those. You can leave me reviews for the podcast there as well. I would love if you would do that because I'd really love to know what you think. I get a lot of messages and uh, DMs on Twitter and messages on Facebook and Instagram that people tell me that they really they really enjoy the show, they like what I'm doing, that sort of thing. And, and don't get me wrong, I love getting those. Please tell me more, tell me more. But I would love it if you'd also you know share your thoughts with the public through a review. That'd be fantastic. Remember, you can also reach me on Twitter at Yank underscore on or Instagram and Facebook at the Yank on the footy and always by email, which I check several times a day at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. This episode's local footy club is the Walls End West, Cat, West Newcastle Swans Australian Rules Football Club. The Swans are an Australian rules club that compete in the AFL Hunter Central Coast League. They play their home games at the Bill Elliott Oval on the northwestern edge of Newcastle, New South Wales. This Sunday, the Swan 17U women's team is supposed to be playing the Maitland Saints at 10 a.m. Hopefully you can get out there to check that out. The podcast would like to wish the best of the luck, best of luck to the Swans this year as they continue their season. I will put links to their uh, Instagram page as well as their website up on the uh, show notes when we finish up the episode tonight. So a lot of things to get into. Uh, I still have my van. I should go ahead and mention that. I still have not... Uh, filled the tank back up with gas since I filled it up when I first got it back in March. We're now in June and we're I'm on the same tank of gas. So that's what happens when you don't have it for seven weeks. So glad that uh, Harper, you stopped by there, sir. Uh, do have your message that you provided there. We're, uh, we're going to definitely play that. You know, just another opportunity for me to, to offer my, uh, Apologies to those of you who are bomber supporters for doubting your club. Now you're not in the eight yet, but you are definitely knocking on the door. Now, this is a very interesting uh, time period right now in footy. One, we're we're kind of up in the air, and and for those of you who are in Victoria, before I get any further, I'm praying for you. I know this has been a uh, a hectic week, week and a half now. It sounds like they may be extending the uh, the lockdowns a little bit further. You know, it's uh, I've uh, you know 
if you get the opportunity, and again, I can't tell you to get or not get a vaccination. I got mine, and I and I'm not any less normal than I already was. So, um, you know, if you're looking at uh, possibly considering that, you may want to go ahead and uh, and do that if you get the opportunity to do it. But I'm I'm glad you're staying safe. Uh, I hope that things get back to normal as soon as possible because it's uh, well, it sucks being stuck at home. I think. Uh, it, you know, I, I remember when this whole thing started last year, back in March, I didn't leave my yard for seven weeks. You know, the, the powers that be in government, they scared the hell out of me enough that I didn't leave my yard. I stayed home. I worked on the podcast. I worked in my yard. That was about it. I taught my classes online. We got through the rest of the year. That's what was, uh, that's what was going on. So, uh, yeah, it just was a, uh. It, it's really a lousy time, and, and I hope it ends soon. I hope they get things resolved. Uh, I know the different strains are out there. Uh, I just got a note from somebody in Perth that said that supposedly there was a transmission that went to someone that was in a hotel room that they got from the person in the hotel room next door. Uh, I'm guessing they didn't have those doors that go between the rooms, and somehow it, it, it made its way there because he said that they had done genome testing and were able to prove that the that the uh, virus had gone from the initial person in hotel room A and it made it to person in hotel room B. So hopefully this gets resolved soon. You know, I I, I feel for you. I know, you know footy is a great distraction and, uh, and we desperately need it. Uh, you know, I, I've heard a couple of people mentioning that, you know, maybe they're going to go ahead and redo the schedule and go back to the whole footy frenzy thing if they're in the hubs and start playing you know games on multiple days a week i i don't have a clue what's going to happen you know i uh i'm i'm just i'm just a little surprised by it by what's going on here okay so you know i i did see that they've shut down the vfl uh for the time being which is is pretty lousy you know and i know there aren't any games being played in melbourne uh gil mclaughlin is saying that that hubs are going to be a last option and, you know, it, it almost, you know, I, I know that it's hitting, it seems to be hitting Victoria harder than anywhere else, which is, which is, yeah, and again, I, I'm not hoping, trust me, those of you who are in Adelaide or in Perth or in, in you know, in Canberra or in, uh, you know, Canberra or up in the Gold Coast, I'm not saying, boy, I sure hope you guys get whacked with it so Victoria can, so Melbourne can get a break. That's not what I'm saying at all here. I, I just, it's, it just seems like, that it has been happening there time and time and time again. And, you know, just, you know, think positive. You know, you, you, you've got a lot of great things, go, you know, going on. You know, your footy is there. We've got, uh, you know, probably new seasons of TV shows coming out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know to tell you. I'm, 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 I'm frustrated for you. And, you know, we're, we're, we just did our high school graduation at my school. And, you know, we had 150 kids graduate, you know, between the, the different buildings at our school, we probably had close to 100 faculty members there, uh, some of the kids from the band, and then all the parents sitting up in the stands at the, at the stadium. I think I saw maybe a dozen masks total out of all of those people. And part of that is because some people have decided they don't want to get vaccinated, but it, it's also part because so many people have been vaccinated now. You know, I think just about our entire teaching staff 
has been vaccinated. I think a lot of the students have been now as well. So they're actually starting to get some of the younger people vaccinated as well. So if you're if you're looking at getting that soon, hopefully you can. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's just it's a it's really a tough situation that's going on right now. But hopefully you guys are going to be out of the woods here pretty soon. Yeah, it's the most densely densely populated state there. Yeah, so and 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 that kind of stinks. Where if it's just one case, that it basically shuts down everything else. I mean, that's uh, you know, it, and I guess that's that's the approach that they're taking with it. You know, they're they're, they're certainly erring on the side of caution. You know, it's it's certainly hampering people economically uh, in terms of small businesses trying to reopen. I know a lot of them have probably closed and maybe not going to be able to reopen, which is which is awful. But let's get into some footy, okay? Let's get into some footy here. The uh, this is a very interesting week. I know later on this evening in uh, in Australia, the midseason draft is going to be taking place, and there are a uh, a number of uh, different um, people who are going to be eligible for the draft. I know that. Uh, the Saints have actually opened up four different positions and that there are, you know, whether they use all of them or not, we don't know. But uh, in total, as it says, there's going to be a possibility of 27 selections. Uh, the Ruse, of course, I believe we're going to have the first pick on the list there. Um, Hawthorne, Collingwood, Adelaide as well, then Gold Coast. Yeah, I wonder, you know, who's going to need to pick up what, you know. I really haven't looked that closely at injury lists to see. Uh, who's uh who's going to be available i did see something about uh a young man that plays with the sandringham dragons who was looking like the number possible number one pick in the uh in the mid-season draft um and i i cannot remember his name right now i did not write it down but uh i think he was a key forward ruck that was well over 200 centimeters uh that that might be able to come in and help a club i don't know but you know We'll see how that goes. I, I think that the idea of a midseason draft is, is is really interesting, and of course, you've also got uh, the mid the off season is beginning to take place for the women's comp as well with the AFLW. Uh, we've already had our first trade take place, and it's kind of a biggie. There was a swap of draft picks uh, where um, I think Richmond moved up and the uh, the Magpies moved down in the draft, but. Uh, Richmond traded Sabrina Frederick, uh, the forward to the Magpies, and Maddie Shelvin. Maddie Shelvin is going to Richmond in return, and you know Frederick gives them a really, really good option down inside the forward fifty. Uh, you just you know a very solid forward that can you know that can that can mark the ball um, is is difficult to tackle. And I think she's going to be a big, you know, she can be a big help. And I, I cannot remember the name of the, uh, the lady who is a ruck. And she's, I think she's 37 and she's playing in the NBL one right now or the WNBL one right now. She's 37 years old, but she's a ruck that formerly played with Carlton. And it sounds like that the, uh, magpies are going to be adding her to their list. Uh, now that, uh, Sharni Larder has stepped away from the game. So they're going to try to resolve their ruck situation in that way. And Chloe Shear from Adelaide has requested a trade to Geelong, which, you know, as a Geelong supporter, they need all the help they can get. 
Um, I believe that right now they have three of the top nine picks in the women's draft this year. The Cats do. I think they have like number two, number seven, and number nine. And, uh, yeah, they were just devastated by injuries last year. And just, yeah, they, they could, they could not score the ball at all. They could, they struggled getting the ball out of the defensive 50 on a consistent basis, played pretty solid defense, but that's all they were getting the chance to do. So, you know, hopefully they'll go ahead and, uh, you know, improve this year, maybe get themselves, uh, a couple of wins. I know they, they won that game towards the end, uh, against, I think it was gold coast that they won at the end of the season. Um, but you know we so again we got the midseason draft going on. Yeah, the yeah I was thinking that the whole uh, vaccine rollout was was not great. Uh, you said two percent of the people vaccinated so far, and the hotel quarantine. Uh, yeah, don't get you started. Back to football. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, I, I've been I've been reading a bit uh, you know because because I I feel as though I need to you know kind of keep my my thumb on the pulse of what's happening you know in Australia since I'm engaging with so many people there whether it be just through the podcast or folks who are coming on here or people who are you know contacting me on Twitter or other social media so I feel like I need to have a bit of an idea of what's going on there so I I, I think that that's a uh, that's kind of a necessity and I've heard that things have not gone great now I I, I wonder if it's a reluctance to people getting the vaccine. I don't know that, or if they just uh, if they just can't figure out how to get the uh, the product where it needs to be, uh, and, and it's sad that only two percent have been have been vaccinated. I know we've had bigger numbers than that here in the United States. It's been some pretty significant numbers, as a matter of fact. And I'm going to actually just take a quick second here and see if I can. I think I've seen where one of the news sites is actually keeping track of this sort of thing. At least they had been on their. Uh, front page of their website. Let's see here and get it to load here. And of course, it's not going to show on there. Yes, uh, I've got my ad blocker on there. You're right. I don't need ads on there. So doggone it. It's not going to show up. Okay. Uh, and it's not where I thought it was. Okay. Well, let me try the ad blocker one time here. Let's just go ahead and say we're going to go ahead and do that. We're going to turn off the ad blocker and refresh it. Maybe this thing will show up here. I'm going to bet it's not, though. And I'm pretty, I could be completely wrong that this is where I had seen it. Um, oh, well. Uh, it's not showing up where I thought it would be. Nope, that's just an ad there. I thought they had the uh, COVID stuff there, but it's not. Oh, well. But they, they were one of the websites I've been looking at, they were giving like the percentage by state of how many people had been had been vaccinated. And some of the states, they're getting upwards of like, 40, 50, 60% of the population of the states in the individual states in the United States are are getting vaccinated or have become vaccinated already. Uh, yeah, so so hopefully, you know, maybe the uh, you, you know, somebody just posted that, you know, that the outbreak has supercharged uh, people in Victoria getting the vaccine for the last six days. Probably the motivation that we needed. And and I and I guess I wonder, is this because people are just tired of the whole idea of being locked down. I mean, is it a point where we're just saying, I've had enough of this shit. Let me get, let me get my, my vaccine and just move on here. And, you know, it's, 
And again, you know, governments everywhere tend to t screw things up more so than they get it right. And that's, yeah, and I don't want to speak out of turn on the Australian government, but I see a lot of people on social media that, that are not terribly fond of, of one party or the other. So I, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school there. But back to footy, okay? Back to footy here. You know, I had uh, one thing that I posted in the uh, um, notes when I sent out the link for this episode before it came on. I, I was wondering, and this is something I've talked about before, and, and I wonder if it's something that, that is ever going to happen because I, it would certainly turn – the AFL on its ear. And for those people who are purists with the game and love the game that, the way that it is, they probably would not like to see this happen. In fact, they may not even like the idea of the midseason draft. Now, I know some people have talked about uh, the loaning of players. You know, giving your younger players an opportunity to get, you know, AFL experience with another club until you need them on their on your own club. Uh, you know, I know that uh, Damian Hardwick, I believe, talked about that last year, if I'm not mistaken, where he kind of thought the idea of you know sending one of his young rucks off to I think Gold Coast, where Gold Coast was really struggling with their ruck situation, and giving them another tall to play with them, you know, helping them out, realizing that they weren't necessarily going to be a threat to them but then also getting their young ruck some game experience so that when they needed him on the grounds in their 22, he would have a little bit more seasoning, a little bit more experience and be ready to, uh, to go ahead and, and do his thing. That's not what I was going to get into today. Uh, I did see an article on uh, SEN's website the other day. Um, about whether or not there should be, a mid-season trade period. Now, again, this is this is not you know the the ugly American trying to come in and change the game or anything like that. This was something that was proposed by uh, Gerard Waitley on an internet article on SEN, which I'll link to. Uh, I think it was Lee Montagna that talked about it as well, uh, and uh, no, Nick Del Santo and uh, Justin Lepich, who's also a former player. Uh, all three kind of came out in idea in favor of the idea of a, uh, a mid-season trade period. And, I, you know, I guess uh, Damian Hardwick did as well for the Tigers and said, hey, maybe this isn't such a bad idea. So, you know, I wonder um, what this would look like. You know, for those of you who have not maybe heard the episode where I talked about this before, you know, I'm coming, I'm coming at this from the, the vantage point of, a, uh, of a, a fan of baseball here in the United States. Now I, I have to admit you at the bit to you though, I've not watched any baseball this year. I've been a little disgruntled about the way major league baseball is working at the present, uh, especially with the, the lack of a salary cap where, you know, you have some teams like the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Yankees who have a salary that they're paying their players of about a quarter of a billion dollars, about $250 million, give or take a couple of bucks. And then you've got other teams whose salaries, whose combined salary for their team is about 35 or 40 million. And you know, they 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 can't compete. You know, it's it's not like the AFL where the AFL where clubs basically have the same amount of money to spend. It's not like the NFL where clubs basically have the same amount of money to spend. They have a salary cap. That's why 
that's why a team in Green Bay can compete for a, can compete for a Super Bowl right alongside a team from Los Angeles or a team from New York or a team from Chicago, where you have large population areas. You know, there's a, a TV contract that goes to those clubs where those clubs bring in a vast amount of money. And that money all gets shared evenly with the club. So it's not, you know, the, you know, the what would be perceived as being a popular club, the New England Patriots getting five times the money as the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everybody's getting the same amount of money that they can spend on their club. And they also have, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they have a salary floor, meaning that they have to spend at least a certain amount as well, that they can't continually have a lousy team, you know, intentionally having a lousy team. It may, it may ultimately happen in order to try to just put more money into the pocket of the team owner. So, I, I you know, I wonder what a, uh, a tra- and again, I'm not advocating for it, but it would be interesting. It'd be it'd be interesting to hypothesize what it would look like, and I, and I wonder, you know, with your club, what player do you think you know that? And and keep in mind, you know, we have to talk about you know we're not talking about uh, you know club going and trading for for Dusty Martin, for Dustin Martin. Okay, we're not talking a club going out and trading for Max Gone right now, uh, that type of thing. The way this kind of thing would probably work. You know the way the, the way it works in baseball is that sometimes if you have a team that's maybe the bottom of the standings at the bottom of the ladder, who is struggling, who is rebuilding, and has a uh, you know an, maybe an older, more experienced player who is making maybe earning a big salary, and is coming to the end of their contract, perhaps, then you might see where that team might trade that player to another club. And get back either draft picks or younger players who might be ready to step in and help the club. Maybe that year get some experience. You know, get their get their uh, you know their feet their, their their feet underneath them in an, in AFL games instead of you know playing at the at the lower level and gaining some valuable you know top experience there. Where maybe they hadn't been able to get on the grounds. So you know, let's let's just say for example. Um, and again, again, I'm not advocating this, but let's say there's a club that is uh, in need of a ruck, okay? And you know, let's let's say that that uh, that that ruck position is something they've been having a hard time filling. Now, Todd Goldstein, I know, has has spent, I believe, his entire career with the Roos. Okay, you know, they've struggled the last few years. I believe he's out of contract after this year. And, you know, maybe the team goes to him and says, you know, hey, uh, Todd, we, you know, we want to give you a chance to possibly go win a premiership. Okay. You know, we're in rebuild mode right now. We're not ready to compete for a couple of years. And by the time we are, you're going to be 35, 36 years old. And you're, you know, we're probably going to be delisting you at that point in time. So we want to give you, you know, one more chance to go out and try to win a flag. So you know, maybe maybe a, 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 a club that is starving for a quality ruck. Oh, I don't know. I could possibly think of one that has blue and white stripes as well. You know, Reese Stanley has good games here and there, but you know, so let's just say Geelong, for example. Let's just say Geelong, and uh, you know, they maybe they trade Goldstein to Geelong for 
maybe a younger player on their list, maybe a ruck that's maybe not ready to play at the at the top level yet. And again, this is the calculated risk that the team taking on the player takes as well. So maybe, you know, uh, uh, DeConing, who's a young kid who could possibly play in ruck sometimes on the road, maybe they end up trading him and say maybe a third-round pick, you know, for him. You know, you're, you're, like I said, you're probably right. The fans probably would not go for it. But it's interesting to talk about, I think, anyway, in terms of, you know, how you could, you know, you could maybe improve your club there. But it's, you know... And like I said, I'm not advocating for this. This was something that, you know, Del Santo and Waitley were talking about on SEN the other day. Okay, this is this is not me. You know, they uh, there are probably lots of other things that that uh, that they wouldn't necessarily go for as well, you know, the, that that have come to come to pass. Uh yeah, you know, like I guess I and again, I understand the whole idea of the purists with the game not wanting to uh to delve into that any further, but you know, I, 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 I could be kind of interesting just to hypothesize. And if you're listening, you know, maybe you leave me, a, you know, send me a tweet in terms of what deal that, you know, you think your club could possibly make. Okay. Or leave me a, uh, actually it'd be better than that. Leave me a voicemail. Uh, and if you leave me a voicemail, I'll go ahead and put those together in a, in an episode and just share out those, uh, those voicemails in terms of what, uh, what your club would want to, uh, to give up and pick up. Now, again, not saying it's going to happen, probably not going to happen because the people who are talking about it are not making the decisions. But, you know, if, if you are a, a Richmond and you, you know, you're in need of, you know, one position for whatever reason to win that fourth premiership in this window. And maybe you've got to give up one of your young kids to get it done or give up a draft pick to get that one player to hopefully get you over the hump and get you to that fourth premiership in five years. If that rule is in place, yeah, I got to think they would probably consider doing it. I think they'd want to get that, that, that uh, medal again. You know, so I, I just, it's kind of interesting to hypothesize, but yeah, like you said, like the fans probably would not go for it. Um, and again, that's, that's true with the whole membership thing. You're absolutely right. Uh, that, they definitely do have a say so, okay, with the different boards and that type of thing. They definitely have some input in terms of, of what does or does not get done. But yeah, I saw the article. I thought I would bring it up. I thought it was kind of an interesting topic to bring up. Uh, you know, you got, like you said, you got the midseason draft taking place later on this evening. Uh, that'll happen while I'm in bed tonight. But, you know, for example, you know, if you, I, and I don't know if you any of you follow Major League Baseball, but the Cleveland Indians, the, the club that I used to follow, I should say, because I, because as I said, I've not watched them play this year. They had a player who was a, is a really good infielder by the name of Francisco Lindor. And they were not going to be able to afford to pay him what he wanted for a new contract. He had one year left on his contract. This was the last year on his contract. So they traded him back in the spring. Back in, I think, March, they traded him to the New York Mets, and they got, I think, four young players for him, a couple of them that are in their starting lineup right now. And Francisco Lindor signed a new contract with the Mets. He signed a 10-year, I think, like 300. Yeah, for those of you who are in Australia and listening, you may want to sit down or you may want to pull off to the side of the road if you're listening in your car. 
He signed a 10-year, I believe, $330 million contract. $330 million for 10 years. Okay, so $33 million a year to play baseball. The funny thing about that, the team he just got traded from, the Indians, that's about as much as they're paying their entire team in salary this year. So that's one of the things that, you know, salaries have gotten crazy in baseball. And now, of course, that a lot of it has to do with the, the television contracts. So you know, if they're getting more money in, in TV money, then they can certainly afford to, to pay these higher salaries. Our, our team owner here in Ohio in the Cleveland area, he tends to put that money in his pocket and not spend it. So hasn't hasn't done a whole lot of spending on improving the team with with uh, with better players. So it is what it is. So again, I I don't know if it's going to happen, but I, I thought I would toss it out there. I thought that would make a little good little conversation piece. So again, if if it was to come to, to play, send me a voicemail at a yankonthefooty.com and let me know what deal you'd like to see get done for your club. What player would you like to acquire and and who would you be willing to give up? Okay. My dogs are in the front room chiming in on what trade they would like to make right now. They're barking at something. Uh, maybe my wife is getting home from work now, so we shall see. Now, I wanted to move into and also talk about uh, you know seeing a lot of people who have uh, who've tossed out their best twenty-two of the first half of the year, uh, their their Brownlow predictions, that sort of thing, and a lot of the same names have been popping up. You know, I I see Christian Petraka's name popping up. I see Marcus Bontepelli's name popping up uh, as possible Brownlow recipients. Are there a couple of other options? Are there some other people that are out there? Yeah, I, I have a couple that I was looking at some of the stats, and I heard some other people talking about them as well. And it, and I think that they're they're distinct possibilities. You know, I, I worry though about the fact that uh, one of them is going to go ahead and uh, possibly, you know, take votes from a teammate, which could preclude that from from happening and that that other person one was uh clayton oliver and the second one was ollie wines who are both having phenomenal years um you know oliver you know he's you know he's kind of be hurting for the brownlow because he's got you know he's got uh petraca there and is you know and i guess i have to ask this question because i've not gone that far back in history is the brownlow you know, I know it's supposed to be like this award for the best player, you know, best on ground, that sort of thing. But it seems to always be midfielders. At least while I've been watching, it's been midfielders that are winning it. Can, you know, could a Ruck win it? Could Max Gaughan win this? Because, you know, Max Gaughan has been fantastic this year. You know, could Gaughan win the Brownlow? I don't, I don't know if that's the case. You know, I don't know if they, if that would be allowed to happen. Uh, but it'll be kind of interesting to see that happen. And, and, you know, what's been interesting is, you know, Petraka and Oliver, it's kind of an interesting way that they're set up. Uh, yeah, McCluggage is having a great year as well, too. Yep. That's a good point. Um, yeah, Petraka and Oliver are both, uh, as far as a pairing, and I, you know, I was going, looking at the stats today, as far as like, the top pairs of teammates in terms of uh, center clearances. Uh, Petraka and Oliver are tied with uh, Rory Laird and... Uh, Ben Keys uh, with 65 center clearances combined between the two of them. So they're both, you know, both of those pairs of players are getting the ball out of the center, you know, the center circle and, and getting it out there 
and you know moving the ball you know towards their goal. So yeah, but Hugh McCluggy is having a great year as well. And I and and the Lions are being successful, and he's and he's being able to have a successful year without the specter, if you will, of the previous Brownlow medal looking over his shoulder for a while. You know, because Lockie Neal is out of there, and it's giving you know McCluggage an opp- opportunity to shine. Uh, Jared Lyons, I believe, is the the other midfielder with the not Lyons. Oh gosh, what is his last name? I'm drawing a blank on that right now. Um, I'm having a brain fart here. Uh, yeah, this Jared Lyons. Yeah, I was right. Um, he's having a pretty good year in in the absence of uh, of Lockie Neal being out there. Um, yeah, so yeah, the rucks and the forwards probably don't get this. You know, maybe the forwards are the ones that are getting the Coleman medals instead. Then, yeah, and and you know, I I guess it's uh, yeah, it makes sense. You know that there that that award's going to the midfielders, but you know, I think you know Petraka Bontepelli is as as you mentioned, uh, um, Hugh McCluggage as well. You know, Ali Wines is having a really good year. You know, the you could have argued maybe Mitch Duncan. Until he got hurt, you know, I, he was having a pretty good year as well. But again, you know, the cats are, yeah, they're eight and three, but they, they, they've, you know, they've had their moments. I mean, this week was, it was kind of an ugly situation for them. Um, you know, I, yeah, I just, I really wonder, you know, you know, what people think or who people think that are going to possibly be the, you know, their, their brown low front runner right now. And I, and I guess you would have to say it's probably, McCluggage or or um, Petraka or Bontepelli or possibly Clayton Oliver. Yeah, you know, one of those one of those four or five people. And you throw Ollie Wines in there as well. You know, they're all having really good years this year. So I mean, it, it could be a very close, very close race because you know you you're Dangerfield, who might have contended for it, has been out. Lockie Neal, the defending uh, Brownlow medalist, he's out. He's not likely to be back in competition for that as well. Now we had some really good uh, matchups last week. Uh, yeah, I'm reading here in the '90s, 100 goals a season was common. Yeah, and forwards kick bags all the time. But you know, well, that's a good point. So then it was, it was still maybe a more of a midfielder thing than it in that in that situation. Uh, you know, you had the you know the Coleman Medal or something, or you know, the the leading goal kicking medal that was going out there. And, you know, yeah, I don't know if you're ever going to see anybody kick 100 goals in a season again. I, I just, I don't see that happening. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to get into, uh, you know, some of the games from last week. I mean, we had some, you know, some great matchups. You know, the the Bulldogs and D's game kind of lived up to its hype. Uh, it was a, uh, it was a pretty good matchup. Yeah, I, I will tell you, I went, I went eight, eight and one last week in my tips. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. And the one that I got wrong <clears throat> was one of my upset specials. I took the I took the uh, uh, Kangaroos to uh, to win to beat St Kilda. So that was the one game I I did get wrong last week. So I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty good about that. I haven't checked the margins that that close, but uh, you know Jackson McCray and Clayton Oliver, you know they both had monster games in that. In that matchup, uh, you know Tex Walker against uh, 
Richmond, you know, Richmond, you know, did come back and, and win that one. But Tex had a great first half. Uh, I'm going to get into Adelaide here in just a minute. But uh, And Charlie Dixon had probably his best game of the year. He had, he had kicked three goals, one. He had a handful of tackles. I think he had, what, four tackles, 18 disposals. It was, it was great to see, you know, him getting his hands on the ball when it didn't necessarily mean he was going to be scoring either. Because I've watched quite a few of the Port Adelaide games this year, and he's really struggled against uh, um, against some of the clubs. Yeah, where would where would they be without Tex? Uh, it, yeah, absolutely right. You know, he's he is somebody that has been you know written off last year. You know, he could kind of become a punchline, and it's been it's been great to watch him come back. And I and you know and, and I posted. Uh, something last week on social media, and I think I put it into a blog post this week also on my website. The, and I actually uploaded the picture with it as well, and I credited where the picture came from. But the the game that the Crows had won the pe- previous week, and now I'm drawing a blank as to who the – yeah, I'm going to look at my schedule here because I'm actually drawing a blank as far as who that was that they had beaten the previous week because that's what happens when you're old and you forget things and you uh, you can't remember. So let me go ahead and head back here really quickly. But he'd won. Uh, they they won a game at the last minute, and like I said, I'm drawing a blank here because I'm old and I forget things. Um, no, it's not round eleven; it's round ten. <clears throat> there we go. Um, oh, where did it go here now? Come on, there we go. the The matchup with uh, Melbourne. Why well, didn't remember that one? Uh, I'm old. I, okay. I'm an idiot, but you know, seeing him go over to the stands and, and he just, he hugged some random guy, you know, gave some random co-supporter a big hug. And you know, it, that's the kind of image right there, that that helped me fall in love with this game, helped me fall in love with this competition. And, and, and again, this gets back to what you were saying about the fans not, you know, not putting up for the whole idea of what the whole idea of the uh, trade period and that sort of thing. And, and, and that's probably, I even wrote that down in my notes. That's probably the reason why this would not fly because of that relationship between the, the players and the fans, because of the fact that there is that connection between the uh, membership. Um, but the the gentleman that he hugged in the stands put a post on i believe instagram and 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 tagged um walker in it and ba- basically said hey you know uh you know tex i'm the i'm the the fan that you hugged in the stands after the game i was hoping that i could get you to sign a game jersey that i'm going to be buying not 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 saying hey could i have the jersey you wore when you gave me a hug basically saying you know, I'm planning on buying a new jersey, and I was hoping that I could get your signature on it. And Tex reached out and to him and said, "Yeah, we can definitely set that up." That kind of thing doesn't necessarily happen often in sports here in the United States. You know, baseball you know, players will you know some players will sign autographs for kids before the game, but that's that that happens occasionally. 
Uh, you generally don't see that sort of thing happening in the NFL. I don't think it happens in the, uh, yeah, the little girl at the Swans game who, you know, caught the ball and didn't want to give it back, got her picture taken before, you know, I think dad threw it back out, back onto the grounds. Um, but you know, the, the picture with, with, uh, with, with Tex, I mean, that just, it, it, it's a class move. And I'm going to bring something else up tonight that happened earlier. Well, happened last night in Melbourne, but happened earlier today for me, uh, that if you follow me on Twitter, you can find it. And it just, it's something that I posted earlier today. It was something that I retweeted from somebody else. And it was just a really, really cool thing that happened. Um, but, you know, I just, I, I love that relationship uh, between the players and the fans. And, and like I said, I think that's one of the reasons why something like a trade period would not necessarily work. Heck, even something like a loan, like a, a loan situation that, that Hardwick proposed last year probably wouldn't work for that exact same reason. Uh, but you know, it was it was just uh, it was just a really uh, really heartwarming thing to see. Okay, and I uh, I just I, I I it just impresses me tremendously. Okay, it impresses me tremendously. You know, well she she got to visit Swans. Okay, cool. She got her gear. All right. Now that's that is very cool. That's very cool that she got all those things. Um, it's it's and in many cases that relationship is having to be built back up this year because so few fans got to actually watch games last year. And if they were watching games, they may not have been fans of the teams that were playing because those teams were playing in um, Gold Coast or they were playing in Brisbane or some other place where maybe they, they were not the home club. Which gets into the stuff this week with all of the the different things that are going on. Now, before I before I get any further, I wanted to get into uh, um, the couple of uh, voicemails that I had here. First off, I had uh, our our weekly one from Tony, who's a uh, a Melbourne supporter, and uh, I should mention I did get a note today on uh, uh, Twitter from Tony. Uh, Tony's dad is uh, Frank Davis, who played for the D's for a number of years and then worked in the front office uh, with the Hawks when they won several premierships. We, have, uh, we haven't set the date yet, but uh, the three of us are going to sit down and have a discussion on a Zoom call for uh, an episode here in the coming weeks. I'm really looking forward to talking to his dad. I think, I think his dad is excited about doing this as well. It's just... It, it helps me learn about the game and, and I'm hoping that, that maybe, maybe Tony can learn something from his dad that maybe he didn't know, uh, prior to the, uh, you know, prior to our sit down, to our discussion. And I have, I have one other interview that I have not nailed down the date on yet, but I am, I'm so excited about this one. It's one I've been pushing or pursuing. I shouldn't say pushing. I've been pursuing this one for a year. And I just haven't finalized the date yet again with this one. Now, I'm a school teacher by trade. We have three more days left in our school year, and then, uh, then our year is done for the summer. So I'm going to have uh, some time in the daytime to, to do some of these interviews, and I'm really excited. Um, that interview, and I'll, I'll go ahead and mention it, is with the, uh, the grandson 
of Sir Douglas Nichols. And, you know, I had reached out and I, and I traded messages with his great granddaughter. And, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about this, this gentleman, because I, you know, from everything that I have read about him, you know, besides being a, a, a phenomenal footy player and, you know, being a, uh, a civil rights leader, if you will, there are so many, there are many parallels can be drawn between he and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. here in the United States. So I'm looking forward to, uh, getting into that, uh, into that, uh, discussion with him and hopefully in the very near future. Uh, so let me get into the couple of voicemails that I had right here. Yeah. You're, you know, getting the game, you know, sold in, in, uh, in Sydney had to be a tough thing and even tougher, I guess, maybe in, uh, when you get up into Queensland, when you get into more, um, rugby territory as well. So here's Tony Davis's message from earlier today. So let's go ahead and, uh, take a listen to this one. G'day, Craig. Tony Davis calling from Minnesota. Uh, weekly tradition continues. Uh, the D's at 10-1. and one. Uh, Wonderful victory over the Bulldogs last uh, Friday night. Uh, weird to see it or listen to it or watch it, I suppose, with no crowd. Uh, it's just an eerie sight to see, being that, you know, we're you know, really feeling like we're back to normal here in the States. Uh, but, uh, what a wonderful victory team played fantastic from start to finish really, um, Harms did a fantastic job on Liberatory. Uh, Botapelli wasn't much of a factor. Uh, you know, again, the forward line was, was really functional sharing it around. Wiedemann kicked two goals. Other than that, really didn't do much. I wonder whether Ben Brown might be uh, making his return here pretty soon. Um, we'll see what happens with the, whether they get into any hubs situation, um, going forwards, but, uh, defensively may and Lever, Salem rivers, the rising star nomination were fantastic. Uh, Harrison Petty filling in nicely. And then what do you say about the midfield gone Petraka, uh, uh, Clary Oliver, uh, just, um, brilliant. Um, it was just a wonderful team uh, performance against, uh, you know, really the top-notch competition uh, going around at the moment. Another challenge this week, uh, the Brisbane Lions uh, up in, uh, I don't know where it's going to be. It's supposed to be in, in Alice Springs or Darwin, I think. Uh, I'm thinking it may go to Sydney, but um, uh, the inf- another in, in, informed team in the, in the Lions looking fantastic. So what a wonderful clash this week. Um, but we'll, we'll keep the journey moving forwards. I uh, hope you're well. Uh, and we'll catch you next time. Go D's. Oh. All right. That's, that's uh, Tony Davis, a D supporter, the son of uh, D's great Frank Davis there. Now, the other uh, little tidbit or uh, audio I wanted to share here real quickly before we uh, get into talk about the tips for this week coming up. Uh, this is from uh, one of the two hosts of its podcast that I've recommended before. And I, if you are a fan of sport in Australia, you really should be checking out what these guys are doing. Uh, this is Harper and Lockie. This is Harper uh, Pestinger from the Where Do We Begin podcast. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well for this episode. But these guys have been doing a phenomenal job. Harper was on here a little bit earlier uh, with the live episode. I think he had to go to work, actually. He's a college student. Uh, he actually just finished high school. Uh 
last uh, a few months ago and has started college now in in uh, in uh, Melbourne. I think he may be doing his classes online right now. I'm not sure. Um, and he may not be working right now either because of the, the lockdown. That's a possibility because I'm not exactly sure where he's working right now. But he's a huge Essendon supporter. But these guys have brought on uh, you know, some, some big names uh, of players, not just in footy, but in uh, – all sorts of different sports. He, uh, I believe their newest episode is a young lady who is involved in, I think, Taekwondo that's going to be representing Australia at the Olympics. But these guys, they do a fun podcast. They're, it's a very polished one for, for a couple of young people. Uh, kind of makes me feel young when I listen to it because they're, you know, they're so energetic. They're so excited about things. But he is a, he's a passionate bomber supporter. And, you know, has, you know, kind of been frustrated with me a little bit, just kidding, uh, about me having tipped Essendon to be 17th on my ladder at the start of the year. Well, Essendon's trying to prove me wrong, and they're, they're pushing for the eight right now. So here, here are his, uh, his thoughts on this week. So let me jump into that real quick. Here we go, Harper. Hey, Craig Harper from the Where Do We Begin podcast here. Firstly, how good was Essen's win on Saturday night? Bloody amazing stuff. The best win I can remember in years. One of the best wins in my memory, to be honest. Amazing, amazing stuff. But something I've been on my high horse about, banging my drum for a long, long time now, is the production and broadcast of football games. I'm not talking about the commentary. That's this whole separate issue. You cannot see what is going on in AFL these days. It is shocking. The amount of times they are so zoomed in onto every, like whoever's got the ball or just like a little pack, you can see everyone's skin pores. And it's just, you cannot tell what is going on tactically at all. And for you, you've got no idea what goes on behind the ball 99% of the time because you've never been to a game in person. It is just horrendous, horrendous stuff. There was an incident in the Essendon game, I think it was Kyle Langford. They had a shot of him from the front kicking it inside 50 about to kick it inside 50. He was the only player on the screen. You could not see a single thing that was going on. It just diminishes from the experience so, so much. And it, it's become even worse in the last couple of rounds, I reckon, because I've noticed the camera work itself has become even more dodgy. And every time a camera shakes when it's so zoomed in, completely throws you off because you can't even see the ball. It is horrendous, horrendous stuff. And I'll tell you what, I might be waking up some of my neighbours, if this goes on too much longer, because I'm going to be banging my drum about this for a long, long time. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Harper. Appreciate it, ma'am. That was great. Let's see. I think I've got that. There we go. That shut off now. Okay. I, I while he while those were playing here, I did a little bit, just a real quick uh, look at uh, the vaccination stuff here in the United States. Um, so far here in the U.S., 135 million people are fully vaccinated, which is 41, little over 41% of the population. So uh, Vermont, Maine, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island are all over 50% uh, vaccinated or fully vaccinated. Uh, here in Ohio, where I live, we are at, uh, I believe... 40.3%. So basically four out of every 10 people are completely vaccinated. Now the state with the lowest right now is uh, 
Tennessee with a little over 31% of the population vaccinated. So, you know, we got a good chunk of the population and, you know, maybe it's that, that whole herd, uh, I don't know, what do they call that? The, uh, the herd immunity where everybody's got, you know, getting it, you know, little doses of it here and there that they're not going to have it. I don't know. Uh, so I wanted to go ahead and dive into my tips for this week. And, uh, the first game this weekend, of course, is the, uh, um, is the, the big game of the week. And that's Melbourne and Brisbane. And Tony was right. That game is being played at Giant Stadium up in, in Sydney. And, you know, this is a massive startup to, to round 12. This is going to be the start of my last day of school because this, this game will start at 5.50 in the morning, uh, my time. So I'll listen to the first 15 minutes of it or so on the radio uh, on the afl.com.au uh, website. So if you're, if you're somebody that's listening in the States, and you don't have the Watch AFL app, and maybe you ha- your favorite club is not on FS1, FS2 that week, you can listen to the radio broadcasts from any number of, like five or six different networks for free on the afl.com.au website. Okay, they're all out there for you to listen to. Uh, but, you know, I this was supposed to be in Alice Springs, as he had mentioned. And I... Uh, um. I think this is going to be an even tougher call than the Bulldogs game last week. And I was pretty, I was pretty confident that the D's were going to win that one. Uh, You know, the lions, it looks like they've begun to straighten out their kicking woes. I mean, this is a club that was getting the ball inside 50 all the time, but was kicking more behinds than an army drill instructor. Yeah, they were, they were struggling to kick goals. They would kick, you know, they'd kick 15, 16 behinds in a game. If they have fixed that, if that is something that they have consistently fixed, then the Lions are going to be really tough to beat. And, you know, while I think that they're, this, this may very well be a grand final preview right here. This could be it. Okay. You know, I, I am going to go with the Demons again in this game. Okay. I think that their midfield is just, it's just too darn good. I, you know, I think Max gone is the X factor. Okay. Uh, you know, like I said, he, you know, he's, he's just gone, you know, like far out, man, he's gone. Uh, okay. Bad joke. Uh, so I'm, I've got Melbourne winning this one by eight points. Okay. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a close game. Uh, you know, and I, uh, the next game, then you've got somebody actually getting to play on their home ground. And that is, uh, Sydney and St. Kilda. And, uh, yeah, St. Kilda got the win last week uh, against the Ruse. I actually tipped the Ruse in that game. Um, that's the one I got got wrong. Um, you know, the Saints' percentage is is just is dismal. Okay, you know, it's actually lower than the next four teams behind them on the ladder. Okay, and then in the only two that they're higher than are Hawthorne and North Melbourne. You know. They did knock off the Ruse last weekend, but the Swans are are a different animal. But you knew that the Swans and the Ruse are different animals already. Uh, you know, I think I think Sydney's going to take this one. You know, Buddy's it seems to be on a mission to get to one thousand goals this year. Um, and quite frankly, if he could figure out a way to do it this weekend, he probably would want to do it. And just you know, which I know he's still got about thirty to go. But 
maybe he gets it this year. Maybe it doesn't happen until next year. I don't know. But, you know, I think that the Swans have, have been pretty darn impressive this year. Okay, and I've got the Swans winning this one by 15. Okay, I've got the Swans winning this one by 15 points here. Uh, yeah, he can play bad and still kick three. You're right. Yep. Uh, hey there, Tony. Glad to see you joining the show there. Sorry, I did just play your uh, your clip a few minutes ago there. And you'll be pleased to know I did tip the uh, the D's to beat Brisbane. Okay. Now, we're going to move on to Adelaide and Collingwood. And I told you back at the beginning of the episode, I was going to make an offer. Okay. I was going to make an offer here, and I'm going to put it out there. Gil McLaughlin, if you're listening, and I hope you are. One, I'd like to have you as a guest on the podcast. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, not about the mid midseason trade, though. Um, my backyard is not all that big, okay? Uh, my yard is uh, 43 feet wide by 270 feet deep. So my yard is about 90 yards from front to back. Now, coupled with my neighbor's yards, we've got a good chunk of land back there. You could probably play footy nines on it if there was if my old 20-year-old station wagon wasn't falling apart back there. I haven't had it towed away yet. Uh, so I want to go ahead and offer my backyard to the crows and magpies. Okay. If they want to they want to come here and play, because they as of the time we're doing this uh, this episode, they still haven't found a location for these two clubs to play. Okay. They're not going to Adelaide. They're certainly not playing at the MCG. Uh, could you imagine if they played at the MCG, how, how the Tigers would feel about that? <laughs> I had to chuckle about that for a minute. Um, so both of these clubs, they battled hard in round 11. You know, the Crows, they, you know, they, uh, I should say that, the, yeah, the, the Pies, they crawled, crawled their way back to within a couple of points of, of Geelong. Yeah, and, and to be honest, you know, on paper, Geelong should have, have beaten Collingwood by more than 10 points. And you know, to me, the Cats kind of played down to their level of competition. I was, I was not terribly you know, impressed by what the Cats did, and maybe they were just trying to get through that game, get the four points, get to the bye week, because they've got a gauntlet of games to run through when they come back off the break, because I believe they have, I believe they have Port Adelaide, the Bulldogs, Brisbane, and Essendon four weeks in a row. That's gonna, that's gonna determine where the cats are this year. I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough for them. But we're not talking about them right now. Um, you know, the Crows they jumped out to a pretty significant lead against the Tigers last week. It was fun to watch. The Crows have been a fun team to watch this year. They were fun to watch last year because they played hard. They just weren't winning very often. And you know, as I posted uh, on Twitter, there are a couple things you know, that that but that game proved, okay? One, I think the Crows are going to be contending for the eight sooner rather than later. Probably not happening this year, but Matthew Nix has got a lot of really good things happening uh, in Adelaide right now, and they're, they're playing pretty darn well. They've got a lot of young kids, but the veterans that they have are helping those kids grow, and uh, it has been a, uh, it's, it's been a fun club to watch this year. Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, they may not get the four points each week, but they're they're developing some good cohesion. They're learning from their older players, and I, I think this could be a uh, you know a, a slightly uh, close game. But I I'm going to go with the Crows by 14 points on this one. 
Um, you know, like I said, this could be a close game, especially since the wind in my backyard can shift from, you know, southwest to northeast pretty quickly because I'm I'm just a few blocks from Lake Erie. So, you know, magpies, crows, if you want to play in my backyard, you're more than welcome to. Uh, just got it mowed here today, as a matter of fact. I can get the rest of them mowed if you want to come over here to the U.S. and play here, okay? I have no idea where they're going to play. Not at all. Okay, let me move on to Essendon and Richmond. Essendon's got to be thrilled about going back to, to Optus Stadium again this week to play. This is where they're playing the Dreamtime game this year. The second thing that we learned from the, uh, the Tigers and Crows game this past week is that something that I learned anyway, that the Tigers' depth is a lot better than we thought. You know, they've had some significant injuries. You know, they're, they're going to be without uh, Tom Lynch for uh, quite a few weeks. And then Tom Lynch is out, and Callum Coleman-Jones comes in and kicks four goals for them. Kid who's been with them, I believe, for three or four seasons. This was his second AFL game. This is a kid who's been waiting in the wings for his chance. And, you know, is kind of stuck behind two pretty decent forwards. Will he be there next year? You know, I don't know. I, I think he's actually out of contract this year. So maybe there's a club that's going to be coming to look for a young, you know, forward that can kick goals. Hello, Gold Coast. Uh, you might like somebody, somebody like that. Um, you know, we, you know, you had uh, Riley Collier Dawkins that had 18 disposals. So a couple guys between the two of them, they've got seven games under their belt in the AFL. You know, the Bombers, they were one of my upset picks this past week. And, and maybe it wasn't an upset against the uh, the, uh, the, the Eagles because the Eagles are really struggling. They've got a lot of injuries. They had another huge one this week with, uh, with Tim Kelly uh, having a, a leg injury. And I haven't seen it. It said he's going to be out like two to four weeks. I don't remember if it was a knee or a groin, but uh, it just looked uncomfortable. And, you know, somebody on one of the, the cat's message boards was giving me grief, grief for saying, I hope he's okay. I wish him well. And, you know, it's like, it was telling me, well, you know, why do you hope that an opposing player is, uh, you know, is, is okay? It's like, because I've got a friggin' heart. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a decent human being here. You know, he, pl he, played, he played his heart out for that club for two years under extremely difficult circumstances. Now he's got a chance to go home. And I wonder maybe if he had the chance, would he like to come back to Geelong again? Not that they're going to be making a deal for him or anything like that. But, uh, you know, the Bombers, like I said, they were one of my upset picks. Uh, you know, they, uh, they put 20 to 27 scores on the board against the Eagles. They, they, they put the ball towards the sticks a, a lot of times. Now, they're still a game below break even. They're number nine on the ladder. But this is, this is a game where if they win it, they're in the top eight. Okay, they've got a solid percentage. You're at 106 percent. You know, so they're not looking up at their percentage. They they've got a pretty decent percentage compared to the other teams that are behind them. You know, and I, uh, you know, this this could be an opportunity for them to get on a little bit of a streak. And as much as I really want to pick the Bombers here, um, and take you know do that proverbial you know hot hand. Hey, they've won a couple in a row here. They're playing well. Let's go ahead and pick them again. You know. I'm going to go with Richmond in this game. Yeah, I just think that Richmond is going to uh, um, Richmond's going to take this game by nine points. Okay, 
I think this is going to help to further entrench him in eight because Richmond's not done yet. Okay. You know, and again, they're getting some of their players back. They're discovering what some of their younger players can do. Uh, somebody mentioned on here, you know, Callum Jones would probably walk on and play for a lot of other clubs. He, I'm sure he would. Yes. And you have to ask yourself, does he, uh, does he, or is he going to want to take that opportunity? Is he going to want to go play, you know, go to a club, you know, if, if Jack Rewalt comes back next year, is he, is he going to be somebody who says, you know what? I like learning from and training against these, these all-time great players. But I, I want to get my chance to, to get out on the ground in you know, AFL games as well. And, and if Tom Lynch is still there and if Jack Rewalt sticks around for another year or two. And, and I heard somebody say, and I think, think it was on AFL 360. I could be wrong on that, but somebody was asking the, you know, the, the question, you know, what if, what if, what if, and I cannot see this happening. What if the Tigers, you know, go to Jack Rewalt and say to him, you know, we, you know, we appreciate everything that you've done with the club, but we, you know, we'd like to, you know, we'd like to consider you maybe moving on to another club to close out your career so we can bring this, this younger player on. God, that would that would be hard to see happen. I mean, I suppose it could, but after a guy who's given, I believe, what fifteen years to the Tigers, you know, through a lot of really really down years, and and has had some success the last four or five. Again, I I I would be shocked if that happened. I I you know I don't know if they if they would uh, if they would be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so this this young man, uh, Callum Jones, might be looking for a place. To play next year, uh, or sorry, Col- Coleman Jones, Callum Coleman Jones might be looking for a new club next year, possibly. You know, and maybe that then helps them solidify. Uh... Yeah, he's he's not going anywhere. What do you mean? You don't think the Cats need another forward down there? Oh come on, I think three forwards down there would be great. <laughs> so I think Richmond's going to take that one by nine points. But yeah, again, Essendon is a Essendon is a scary club. That's a club that is going to is going to surprise some people, okay? Remember, there's only six games this week. Now, the SCG is also hosting a game after the Sydney matchup. Carlton and the Eagles are playing there, and the Eagles, are they're, they're scuffling. You know, they've got a lot of injuries. They're just, they're not playing very good footy. And, you know, they've got a lot of talent. And while a lot of people look at the, you know, the Cats being one of the older clubs in the comp, and they are, West Coast is... is a little up there as well. They may not be as old as the Cats, but there are some there are some older players on that club. Uh, you know, if you look at the uh, let me dress, let me find my my list here really quickly. Uh, let's go player contracts. Let's see. We're gonna go to players really quickly. We've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven players that are over 30 right now. Um, you know, that's, you know, Kennedy, Hearn, Nat Nui, Shuey, Redden, Shepard, and Hutchings. Um, you got one, two, three, three that are 29, McGovern, Vardy, and Cripps. A couple that are 28, Darling and Gaff, Yo and Achi are 27. Tim Kelly's 26 already. Sheed's 26. Willie Rioli's only 25. Gosh, he looks like he's about 40. He looks he looks a lot older than 25. So I mean it's they are 
And again, here I am, 57 years old, and I'm talking about 33-year-olds as being old. I, that's oxymoronic for me. But it, but in terms of footy, they are they are getting up there. See, I don't know. Um, the uh, you know whether or not they're the oldest one, the oldest clubs or not, but you know Carlton has a lot of talent. This is a club that should be winning more than they are. They just not figured out how to put it together. You know the Eagles are going to be without Tim Kelly. Uh, they've got other injuries out there as well. Uh, I see the Blues taking this one by ten points. Okay, West Coast is having to travel again. They, they don't seem to enjoy playing away from the SCG, or excuse me, from Optus. Of course, I don't think they liked it all that much last week either. And speaking of Optus, the, uh, the Dockers are hosting the Bulldogs, the final game of the weekend. The Bulldogs dropped their uh, top of the fixture matchup against the, uh, the Ds. Yeah, I think they've already put it in the rearview mirror. Um, so... And even though they're going to be without uh, Easton Wood, Josh Dunkley is still out. Adam Trelord is going to be out for a few more weeks. I still think the Bulldogs have too much firepower. Fremantle, again, this is a club that I, I tipped in the eighth position this year at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I just defensively, they're still a very solid club, but they just really have a difficult time scoring. And that hasn't changed as of yet. And I and I wonder if it's going to change. And and, and again, anytime. Fremantle goes out and plays. I'm not going to be shocked if they win because they've got the talent to win. But it's just a question of whether or not they can actually, you know, score enough points to do so. Okay, I, you know, I was I came close to tipping them last week against Port Adelaide, but you know, a couple minutes before we went before I started the episode, I went ahead and decided, you know what, Port's at home. I'm going to go with Port in this situation. You know, yeah, if they kick straight, they've got a chance. Yep, exactly. So, um. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs in this one here, and I've got them winning this one by 11. Okay, again, they're having to travel. They may be away from home for a little while longer. I don't know if this is going to be a fly-in, fly-out kind of thing. <clears throat> so those are my tips for this week. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how I do. Um, you know, we've got a couple toss-up games, especially that first one. You know, the Melbourne-Brisbane game is most certainly a toss-up game that uh, could go either way. And you know what? If St. Kilda plays the way they're capable of playing, which they haven't done very often this year, Sydney and St. Kilda can be a toss-up. But I don't, I don't know. I just, I St. Kilda has kind of fallen off a little bit this year. I'm not sure exactly what's going on. You know, I have been impressed by Essendon, though. Okay, I really have been impressed by Essendon, but I just, I just think that Richmond is is starting to become Richmond again. And now they're getting some of their young kids involved, and these are kids who have been training against these players who have won three out of the last four premierships. So they're going up against them in practice every day. So these kids have gotten better vicariously by playing against these guys. And now they're getting to actually demonstrate that themselves out on the ground. So I just, I think, you know, I think we've got some good games here. Okay. Now uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode for this week. Remember, you know, if you, I, I do have one other little tidbit of information I wanted to get in here to today. Um, but, you know, remember, if you want to help out the podcast, you can do that by going to the Buy Me a Coffee page. Many of you have done that already. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I 
the Wollongong uh, Footy Club above and beyond. I sent you a note about that. The club that I gave a shout out to last in last week's episode went to the Buy Me a Coffee page last week. I, I was I was stunned, you know, because when I when I do that, I'll send out a little link to the episode to the the club that I've mentioned and said, hey, I I gave your club a shout out during this episode. Maybe somebody that you know, there's maybe somebody will listen. It might you know get a few more listeners from their club, that sort of thing. That's kind of the thought process behind it why I'm doing it. Plus, it lets me read up a little about about those clubs as well. Okay. So if you want to help out the podcast, you can certainly do that. You don't have to, uh, but I, I'd love it if you would consider it. Uh, I did have some interesting news that uh, those of you who are on Facebook, uh, in some of the, the bigger message boards in footy, uh, somebody who's a big pie supporter who I talked to online, he's one of the first people to kind of welcome me as a footy fan on Facebook that didn't just say, oh, you're a dumb American, leave us alone, that sort of thing. Yeah, he was maybe just out of morbid curiosity he wanted to engage with me seems like a pretty good bloke uh first name is nick he's actually traveling here to the united states on business uh i believe he's leaving tomorrow as a matter of fact and he's going to be what his business trip is taking him to cleveland which is about an hour away from where i live so i sent him a note i said hey we're gonna have to get together and uh you know yeah he said well maybe we'll have to sit do and sit down and do our interview there and i thought you know maybe we just go out to dinner and just you know sit and talk instead of doing that sort of thing. That'd kind of be, you know, kind of be a fun thing to do rather than, you know, trying to slam in an interview. I can do that online, whatever. Uh, be actually great to meet somebody in person that I talk to on here all the time. So folks, I do hope that you'll consider sharing this episode or your favorite episode with your friends and family, put it out there in your social media. Uh, you know, I ask if you uh, consider stopping by Apple podcasts, or on my website and leaving a review because that, that allows me to then share that review out on social media and it tells people, hey, somebody liked this show. Maybe I should check it out as well. And as uh, Tarzan was saying on the message board here when I recommended the uh, Where Do We Begin podcast, quit recommending them because I've got so many on my list right now. I'll tell you, if you could see the list of shows that I'm subscribed to on the uh, hosting site that I listen to, I think you'd be shocked. I believe I have... Well over well over a hundred shows that I'm subscribed to, that I get updates when new episodes come out, that sort of thing, and I think probably twenty five or thirty of them are footy podcasts. So I listen to a lot of them. Uh, I'd like to listen to more, but then I have to sleep once in a while. Uh, so hopefully you'll consider giving me a review. Uh, this past week I did get a little notification that, and you know this this in seventy five cents gets me half a cup of coffee. Uh, that I was I was ranked the 67th most listened to footy podcast in Australia, the 67th most listened to footy podcast in Australia. At one time last year, I actually got my way up to number seven. That lasted for a week, but this past week I was number 67. Hopefully, that means that there's at least 68 footy podcasts that are being broadcast in Australia that are being listened to there. That lets me know that I'm maybe not dead last. Okay. Remember, if you want to get yourself on the mailing list, you can uh, hop onto my website, yankonthefooty.com. Uh, you can leave voicemail messages like Tony did, like Harper did for this episode there as well. Remember, and again, it's not going to necessarily happen, but if your club had the opportunity to make a midseason trade, who would you want to go get and make it realistic? Like I said, you know, Richmond's not giving up uh, Dustin Martin. You know, the, uh, the D's are not giving up Max Gone. Um, you know, the cats are not giving up Tom Hawkins, you know, that type of thing. But maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a player who's coming out of contract that could help your club. 
leave me a voicemail. Tell me what that is. And I would love to include some of those in, in an upcoming episode. Okay. And folks, don't forget that this is a game that we all love. We've got our favorite clubs and we're passionate about our clubs that we support. But treat each other well, though. Okay. We're, we're all fans of this game. Uh, and, you know, this, this is a wonderful game. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is the greatest game on the planet. Those of you who are in Victoria, I'm sorry that you're still battling the, the, the lockdowns. I hope that those of you who are seeking the vaccine and trying to get it, I hope you're able to get it as soon as possible, allowing you to kind of get your lives back on track. Now, I know that he's not listening to the podcast, but I wanted to give a shout out to Brody Grundy from the Collingwood Magpies. And this is, again, one of those things that just demonstrates why this is such a fantastic competition. Okay. If you're on, if you follow my Twitter account, one, if you don't, you should. Uh, but if you don't, you'll understand why I'm giving Brody Grundy a shout out. Uh, he did something today that was not for me. This was for somebody else, but I retweeted it. Uh, and it was something that he didn't have to do. It was his day off. This is a young man who's recovering from a pretty significant injury. I don't know if he'll be playing this week or not. Uh, but he did something that was just, that was above and beyond. And it was, it was, it was very cool. And like I said, if you, if you go into my Twitter feed from earlier today, it would be yesterday. Uh, for those of you in Australia, you can see it. Cause I retweeted it. I talked about it a little bit, but an absolutely neat thing that he did. And it was, it was, it was terrific. And I, I'm so impressed by the fact that he did that and folks take care of yourselves. Don't be afraid to reach out to one of your friends, okay? Even if you can't see them in person at the moment, get on a Zoom call, get on FaceTime, send them a text message, get on the phone with them. Make sure that they're okay. Make sure that you're okay. Remember, you can reach me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com, on Instagram and Facebook at yankonthefooty, at yank underscore on on Twitter if you want to go see that stuff related to Brody Grundy. And folks, until next time, and as always, may your dribble kick Never hit the post. I will catch you later. This is Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio. And I'll talk to you very, very soon. Thanks for tuning in, folks.